Thanks for watching our podcast. Here at Spear Consulting, our services include business strategy and human resources consulting. In HR, we offer executive search, executive coaching, and work psychology consulting. Please visit us at spiritmco.com, where we fulfill our clients' dreams virtuously. Enjoy your show. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the Leading Virtuously podcast. So excited to be able to hobnob on some thought leadership with you. Thanks, Chris. Honored to be here. Great. As you know, my first question is always, who are you? Well, Chris, I'm a human being who uh, was, <laughs> who was <laughs> so influenced yes. by, you know, uh, we all have our lives. We, we get a career. We have a family. We have an awesome family. Uh, loving wife, two awesome kids, um, lived all over the world, four continents, right? started off in, in hospitality, um, started off uh, as a chef, in fact, um, dishwasher first, um, and then a cook, not a chef, I would say. Um, anyways, I'm a person, if you were to ask me how to define myself, is I was put through a crucible event in our family where my, fa my, my dad was in hospital for the last two years of his life, that really moved me to change careers to serve in healthcare. So that's my, my focus, right? My purpose, found my purpose uh, in terms of who, who am I? I'm someone who wants to help make a difference in people when they're most vulnerable in their life uh, in terms of healthcare, emotions are high, right? Um, victory means life and loss means the opposite, right? Mm. Or, or even more painful sometimes. Uh, and, and to help not, and then I realized that also it's not just the patient and the family members, the people who are providing care are hurting too. And so that's, that's the purpose. And I have an awesome family that supports me uh, and loves me through that and helps me achieve that purpose. So, so, Thank you for sharing um, follow-up questions on that. When, when was your dad in the hospital and did he pull through? He did not. He did not. Um, we were in the Caribbean, actually. I was working for a, an organization there. Uh, and my mom called me one day saying, you know, dad's in hospital and they've told me he's not coming home. And so kind of overnight, we, you know, moved back to Canada. Uh, we were very lucky that he was well taken care of. Right. Uh, but he was there for about two years. And um, I was I was lucky to get a job, fortunate to get a job where I worked 20 days on and 10 off. And I spent those 10 days uh, primarily in the, in the hospital with him. And um, you know, there were some unintended consequences of his care. And, um, and I gently but firmly pushed all the way up in terms of finding out why, you know, how those things happen. And the response was, you know, not enough resources. And this was by the COO of the organization. And my, my feedback was, you know, respectfully, I see water going down the drain on this side, right, so to speak, figuratively speaking, and people dying thirsty here. So after he passed on, uh, my best friend, who's my wife, <laughs> saw that I was pretty, you know, off kilter. I was off center and said, you know, either zip it or do something about it. And I was also fortunate to have a lot of friends. I was doing my MBA at the time at MIT and I had some friends who supported me in, in, in that career transition. So I was able to do, uh, to get educated in healthcare 
the healthcare innovation program there. I added that onto my MBA and um, and worked on a transition to healthcare to be able to serve. And Vishal, when what what year was that? That was in 2015, 2016. Yeah. Wow. Not so uh, long ago. Yes. Yes. Well, um, thank you for um, thank you for sharing that story. Um, it it it. And sorry also about the loss of your father. I I haven't in my own life. Both of my parents are still alive, but I've had all of my grandparents um, pass. So uh, definitely understand what it's like to to go through those uh, those times of, of losing people and how you know as you mentioned, that really opens your eyes to like. <laughs> I think it just shows us the the truth of reality is that you know there's only one thing guaranteed in life is that we're going to pass. That's so true. That's and so it, it opens our eyes to the fact that, okay, well, if, if my time is limited, then, then how am I going to be spending that time? And it seems like you have that revelation to, to do the career shift. So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that, that story as well. And, and, and it helps one, you know, decide the values. And I think that's something that COVID has done for us, right? Is a lot of us have questioned what's, what's really important in my life. Mm. And uh, what did the grand architect, whatever you call him by whatever phrase, um, what did they or he or she intend for me, right? What is my purpose? And uh, I was lucky to have found that a little while ago. So, yeah, so, so, so I usually ask the, the second question of like, how did you get in the leadership position that you're in today? But you definitely answered that. But I, I, I think like, so, so I had Seb who referred you to the show and he also went through this, this midlife crisis to, to shift in. But I guess what I, what I would love to hear you answer is now that you've actually gone through that shift, what is it like doing the work that you do comparative to, to the work that you were doing previously? Like what are those, how does it feel? And so thus, Maybe there's people that either have never gone through one of those or they're in the middle of one of those, or maybe they're on the opposite end of that, that might relate to kind of like your feelings and emotions through, through both of the working experiences. Yes. Um, very deep question. And so I think, <clears throat> no, I think I, I feel that I had a, a successful career in hospitality, before, right? But I feel that everything that I have, all the skills that I have amassed by working with diverse people and actually living in, in different countries and working with people from different cultures of, across the world to Lean Six Sigma certification and actual running those projects, right? And, 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 and uh, reducing costs, so to speak, which you see how all that translates into healthcare mm-hmm. and, and customer service, like caring for people end of the day, both internal and external. So, so that's how it translates into into healthcare for me uh, in my current role is to take care of the employee experience, the physicians, and of course the patient and caregiver. So that's, that's the role and leveraging data and technology in, in scaling that up and, and helping reduce costs. So um, how does it differ from my previous roles is, you know, I did have a lot of fun working in healthcare and hospitality, right? Working in St. Lucia, working in Egypt, in the UK. Um, What's different is the fulfillment at the end of the day. 
And so here we have a, at, at Parkland, we, you know, we take care of uh, a wide range of, of, of patients who need care. And we have a pharmacy where people are waiting, a business office, uh, if they can't afford the medication, they, you know, they're waiting in line and they, their number gets called up and they're assessed and, and then we provide medication. And so sometimes when I'm having a rough day, we all have those days, right? Um, I go in and I sit there for 10 minutes and it reconnects me right back to my purpose. And then suddenly problems that seemed huge are not that big anymore, mm. right? Uh, and that it puts things in perspective. And I think that is the difference. That is the big difference between when I was working for work, right? Because something one does and when I'm working or something that is fulfilling. That's that's the big demarc. You know, you, you cross that threshold, and and then things are things make much more sense in a different way. <clears throat> Thank you for for sharing that. Yeah, my own experience with that has been, you know, it's like I, uh, you know, being an executive search and a management consultant. You know, I've got to interview people all day for all sorts of different positions. And, but yet, no matter, usually it's, it's only that, you know, the, the 10% of the people that I actually interview actually get hired. So there's a lot of these people that, that you don't. And sometimes, you know, there, there are people that you unfortunately don't always have the best interviews with. And for me, having gone through massive amounts of suffering in my own life, like, you know, you, you learn through the suffering, your emotional EQ goes up significantly when you go through that and you process and heal through that. So I, I love to go deep with people. So I'm loving this interview, by the way, Michelle, but, and, and so I, I found that like in my own life that in essence, like, you know, when, when it's so surface level in a lot of the conversations, like I'm just not checked in. And so this has actually been really like the Leading Virtuously podcast. Yes, I want to inspire the business community to, to lead more virtuously. But it also was an answer in a way of having a, a more fulfilling time in the work that I was doing by being able to like connect deeply with other leaders and share our, 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 um, our pathways and to inspire others to do the same. So, so yeah, that really resonates with me and what you're saying of like going back to connect with your why, what really fires you up and empowers you. So, so thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that the why is the key, right? When you know your why and you're clear with it and it drives you. So, so yeah, the, uh, the, the power question is always where does virtue and, and business intersect for you, Michelle? Yeah. I would like to think about first, you know, what does virtue mean for me? Right. What is virtue? Uh, and so it's everything from, you know, you start off with empathy, understanding the other person's perspective to compassion that is basically doing something about it. Right. Um, in a benevolent manner, which is, I would say, you know, not expecting a return necessarily from that individual. I'm lucky I'm getting paid for what I want what I, you know, it ties in. Um, and all of this has to be done in, 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 a, in a manner which where equity is important, right? We treat everybody the same. Uh, and it has to be tempered. One has to temper oneself, um, which was a big challenge for me in the past. And I'll come to that in a minute. <laughs> but I think, I think that is virtue, 
right? And in business, uh, how it's even more important now, right? Compassion for oneself. Like, I think COVID has heightened the peaks and deepened the valleys. And so the dis- difference is so much more vivid to oneself, right? What was simple before is not so simple anymore. And so, you know, all of us are, I wouldn't say, I, w- I would say even tough on ourselves, right? Uh, I left the door open and I, and we went out for a walk with the dog and I left the door open. And I'm like, idiot, why did you do that? Right. Um, to myself. And then I think, it, I'm not sure where I read this, uh, but being compassionate to yourself is when you hear yourself talk in that tone to yourself, realize that the decisions are so much more complex now. So let's say you had a child um, um, who had a cough. In the past, you just, instead of sending the kid to school, you would leave him with your parents, right? But would you do that today? It's not that simple anymore. And so um, we decisions are a lot more complex, and so we make some mistakes. And it's important to be compassionate with yourself and realize that everybody else is going through the same thing. And that, so we need to be compassionate to others. We need to understand what they're going through and be compassionate about it, recognize it and accept it and give each other a little more space for that. And I think that is so important in business because that builds trust. Knowing that you're not alone and, and telling a patient, I, I realize that you, know, um, you may have, because the threshold they have to overcome to come and get care is also higher, right? The decisions they have to make are, are are more difficult and so something that was simple before may not be as simple and acknowledging that with, with the other person helps build that trust having that discussion in in, in, in a group setting with with each other even one-on-one is, is so important that people understand that you understand them in a holistic manner as a full person this this work-life balance isn't it's not work versus life anymore it's integrated a lot more and we're now hopefully as businesses and as leaders seeing individuals as whole people rather than just you know the title of that person and so that empathy the the, the compassion uh, coming together uh, and treating each other with respect starting with yourself is is key and um, in today's day and age I mean there's a lot going on in terms of virtue right like how would you treat someone else? You know, how would you be treated? How would you want to be treated? The golden rule. It's, 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 it's uh, got so much more focus on it with what we're seeing in terms of, you know, whether it's racial inequalities coming up to light, whether it's the COVID and healthcare disparities, uh, social determinants of health, uh, uh, and, and so many other facets of our life. So I think, I think businesses where there is an empathy for the community and what surrounds the business, um, where there's compassion between individuals will build trust. And that is a foundation for sustainability and growth. It could be between two individuals. It could be between a leader and a subordinate. It could be between colleagues. It could be within the community and the interaction, you know, as those group, as you, scale up you see between the business and everyone the business interacts with
Um, one of the the uh, leaders that I follow, uh, Chris Valentin, out of uh, Redding, California, he t- he uh, makes the analogy that it's 2020 is like being in a uh, in in NFL training camp weight uh, weight room. And in essence, like we are presently under insane amounts of pressure, and 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 like our you know as you're saying this awareness of what's going on around us and having more compassion for people, I really feel that that it's crazy how all this stuff came to a head all in one year. Because to your point, following 2020, we're we're you know we're in the we're in the brink of 2021 that. And when this episode goes live, it'll be 2021. And in essence, like as we scale back from from COVID, I would imagine that, you know, it's going to just change things rather significantly. And to your point, a large part of that is that that reckoning the fact that that there are like basically like just the heightened sense of, of compassion and empathy for for each other and businesses that do that well are going to, to survive. And as we've been seeing, the businesses that have not been doing that are struggling significantly. So so I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And one of the things that we talked about offline was that, you know, uh, virtue, the opposite of virtue is vice. And that it's easy to sit here now having gone through the, uh, you know, going through the gauntlet of, of leading not the way that we are today. So just curious, Michelle, if you could maybe share some some uh, a little bit about your your journey as a leader, maybe where you weren't necessarily the most virtuous previously in your career, and how how that kind of shaped you into the person that you are today. Yes, uh, thank you for that. Um, it's almost a therapy session. Um, <laughs> so. You know, I, I grew up in my career starting washing dishes and going in the kitchen and then uh, grew up in the kitchen. And so it was not unheard of. And I don't mean to generalize in any which way, shape or form. But for me, it was not unheard of for my leader to stop by and tap me on the back of the head or hmm. use some foul language or, you know, uh, not demonstrate temperance, shall we say. And I grew up in that. And that's what I learned. And that's how I was. And that's who I was. Mm. Uh, I was uh, I was in charge of a kitchen at a young age. And, uh, you know, um, one day I realized uh, what had happened uh, to me as a leader. Uh, I wouldn't say I was a leader. I was more a manager. <laughs> I was given a responsibility, right? And that doesn't necessarily make you the leader. Given the responsibility. Um, So funny thing is, I had been at the brunt end of it, and I left a job because of it. So I, I, when I went from India to the UK, I worked for for a chef who swore at me, and uh, I spoke to him saying, you know, chef, I'll work harder, I'll do whatever, please don't do that to me. And he continued in a joking manner. It was funny uh, for him and the others, and I walked out of that job. Right. And um, I didn't have anywhere else to go, per se. I was literally out of work and I was uh, a student at the time. Um, However, you know, fast forward three years 
I was doing the same thing as a leader, as a not a leader, as a person who was given in charge of a different kitchen. I was not demonstrating temperance. And uh, an incident occurred where um, I I could have hurt someone or myself, right? Um, and it just made me stop and think and reassess myself. And since then, whenever there is a situation with high emotions involved, I just don't react right away. And I give people more than what I would have thought um, uh, a fair space in terms of time uh, and uh, benefit of doubt, right? Because one never really understands what's going on in the other person's uh, life or what influenced them to be who they are. And that may be appropriate because that's who I was, right? So um, it's having that, I think that has changed me dramatically um, to the point where my daughter for last Halloween gave me a, a Yoda right? with, you know, the bowl with the, uh, to hold candies on my office desk. Um, baby Yoda wasn't out then yet, but, you know, so that's how she sees me. Like, I'm not going to react negatively quickly, instantly to anything. Uh, and I... I am thankful uh, to the individual who brought that up and said, you know, do you know what could have happened or what you did? Or, uh, and it really helped me uh, start, and I'm nowhere there yet, in being able to reflect on myself, right? It's so important that we do that. Mm. It's key. And it makes a difference in how we interact with everyone around us. And, and then we, we project to some extent a mix of leaders, depending upon how, uh, I won't say vocal, but how expressive we are. We project our, ourselves into our organization's culture, which reflects into how the organization interacts with society. Yeah, the, uh, another, uh, another guest had said something to quote her, Letitia. I loved what she said, but she basically said that when she talked about who she, when I asked her, who are you? Her response was, her final line was a work in progress. Recognizing the fact that, that you know, she's come a long way, but she's got a long, long way to go still on the journey of being, you know, the, uh, the leader that she wants to be. And uh, so, yeah, so, so thank you for that story of, of recognizing that. And that, that's crazy too, as you mentioned, so, so help me understand, because I, maybe I, I missed it, but in essence, you're just saying that, that it was just like you had gone into this period of time where you started to lead that way and someone brought it up of like, it was just giving you feedback of like, do you recognize that this is, this is the way that you're operating presently? And that opened your eyes to being like, whoa, I need to, I need to really start reflecting into the way that I'm presently uh, managing and leading people. Presently behaving before you can lead, I mean, how am I as a person, right? Being a better person, that's, that's the fundamental. Uh, being okay with yourself, are you okay with yourself and how you are? First, realizing that, reflecting on it, and then saying, okay, yes, I'm fine with it, or I could have done that better, you know? Without being so negative that you're not compassionate with yourself, 
Love it. Well, thank you, Vishal, for sharing. Uh, how can people get a hold of you and the work that you're doing? Uh, LinkedIn is the best way to reach me. Um, and so you're welcome to share that uh, with, with the listeners. Um, yeah, that's, that's the best way to reach me. Great. We will uh, we'll definitely share that as well as uh, uh, the Parkland's URL for the work that you're, you're doing there too. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed uh, connecting with you. I know, I know you said in jest about the therapy session, but uh, I honestly feel like this is one of the best episodes that I've shot thus far, just because your vulnerability and your, your realness and really just, I can see the genuine person that you are. And that, that uh, it, def it definitely just inspires me, Michelle, because like, you know, people don't follow, don't follow robots. And it's, it's our emotion and our passion that gets people, that inspires other people to want to get behind us and start, you know, heading in the direction that we're charging. So I can only just imagine the, the what it is, uh, what it's like to, to, to uh, follow you in a, in a business setting. And uh, so, so this has been great. Really uh, enjoyed connecting with you. Appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, thank you for being a, a part of our journey as well, Michelle. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. <laughs> Just joking. The Leading Virtuously podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.